We don't sugarcoat shit. This is Renegade Talk Radio. Renegade Talk Radio. Today is January 17th, 2017, and we're just three days away from the inauguration of the Trumpster. I have to say that I am fed up with all of the whining, moaning, and complaining by the left and some of those on the right that cannot manage to accept the fact that even with the overt attempts to manipulate and steal the election, which was exposed by insider leaks not only from the DNC itself, but various U.S. intelligence agencies. These inside leaks were delivered to WikiLeaks, and there you go. I'm not even going to give mention of Russia through this whole debacle. I'll not give any time to those lies. Not a mention. The majority of people across the states of America very definitely took notice, though, of the criminality of the DNC and Clinton and the Clinton Foundation and so on and so forth. Oh, my God. And they said, no. The disrespect and disregard by these supporters who think that socialism is the answer don't seem to have any sense of reality or logic behind their fervent opinion that the government's job is to take care of the people. A very lopsided and twisted desire and expectation of entitlement. That the taxpayers need to support those who can't get decent jobs so those that do have good jobs can support them. The people need to pick up the slack for the other people. They don't see how their very beliefs work against a healthy and productive economy that creates opportunity for all. And by the way, the federal cannot create jobs. Get that through your heads. With the exception of hiring more federal employees, in the agenda that's created out of that of an ever-growing centralization of power, by government, which of course gives rise to more and more taxes across the board to support the bloated, non-essential government employees who produce nothing of value. They are, in reality, a drag on anything resembling a healthy, free, and growing economy. But I'm not going to preach to the choir here, Renegade Nation. I do want to touch on a couple of topics, though surrounding this election and this country and one aspect of the unhealthy state this country is in. In the last show, I covered the truly despicable move by the Department of Homeland Security, to which just recently announced that they are taking over the federal elections based on the lies espoused by the Obama administration and the left in general of, and I said I wasn't going to name it, but I'm going to say it, the Russian interference. Department of Homeland Security announced this blatantly unlawful usurpation by the agency and in collusion with Obama's executive branch to rip ever more power away from the states themselves. This unilateral decision by Homeland Security and Obama's White House is the outcrop that sprang from the unsupported allegations with no evidence or actionable intelligence of Russia's tampering 
in the first place. And their hope is that they'll get away with it. They're just going to take over the U.S. elections. (laughs) And they're hoping that enough people just won't notice. (laughs) Well, are you taking notice, Renegade Nation? And if you didn't hear my last show about what Homeland Security did, I go into quite a bit of detail about it and why it is so... uh, It's unconstitutional. It's, It's just once more federal usurpation of taking states' rights away. Are you going to stand for that? And are your governments in their individual nation states going to stand for that? Are you going to call them and go, would you fucking call Trump's new administration and tell them they better put a halt on this whole thing? You know, we all need to start doing things like that. But what a lot of people in this country don't understand is the purpose of the Electoral College. A lot of people are confused about it why it's there and how it protects the states of America and the entire electoral process. So I'll give you a short, simple explanation, which comes by way of Armstrong Economics, which I put in my links for you. Hillary won the popular vote only because of California. Remove that one state and Trump won the popular vote of the rest of the country. That should give pause and reason why California should just separate and become its own country outside of the states of America. It is, It has completely different values than the rest of the country as a whole, not to mention the highest taxes. And with a budget deficit, their taxes will soon surpass the worst socialist states in Europe, which as a result has caused the decay and destruction of the EU. The Electoral College protects the majority of states from being subjugated by just one state. Martin Armstrong recently also talked about the importance of a common language and the link common language has to a strong and healthy nation. California, for example, has an ever-growing population base that does not nor will not learn English. Large populations in California speak Spanish, Vietnamese, and a variety of other other languages in growing population bases, and they do not speak English, the founding language of this country. The growing lack of the common language creates segregation amongst the people because the English language is not honored as the common cultural bond that allows communities to function harmoniously together. Since the inception of this country, learning English was accepted and understood by immigrants worldwide that came here as a number one priority to learn if they wanted to succeed in the new world. History proves this point over and over across time in the rise and fall of nations and empires. That's a fundamental reason for the sorry state of California today and why there are moves by various factions to split the state into anywhere from four to five independent nations within California's geographical borders. Another topic I wish to make uh, uh, in regards to what I was setting up here is the difference between capitalism and socialism. A lot of people don't understand how really terrible socialism is. They don't understand history, apparently. It's whatever they were brainwashed and educated in schools, which once again uh, has an agenda that is set up internationally through uh, like the UN to dumb us all down. 
So I'm going to give you a simple explanation of the difference between capitalism and socialism. Socialism, once again, from Armstrong Economics. And it begins with a story that was told uh, and was posted on his blog site by a subscriber. A guy looked at my Porsche the other day and said, I wonder how many people could have been fed for the money that sports car cost. I replied, I'm not sure. It fed a lot of families in Bowling Green, Kentucky who built it. It fed the people who make the tires. It fed the people who made the components that went into it. It fed the people in the copper mine who mined the copper for the wires. It fed people in Decatur, Illinois at Caterpillar who make the trucks that haul the copper ore. It fed the trucking people who hauled it from the plant to the dealer and fed the people working at the dealership and their families. But I have to admit, I guess I really don't know how many people it fed. That is the difference between capitalism and welfare mentality. When you buy something, you put money in people's pockets and give them dignity for their skills. When you give someone something for nothing, you rob them of their dignity and self-worth. Capitalism is freely giving your money in exchange for something of value. Socialism is taking your money against your will and shoving something down your throat that you never asked for. And then uh, uh, Martin Armstrong replied to this subscriber and he said, this is a very good example of the difference between capitalism and socialism. Hillary said during the campaign that Trump was worth a few billion and she said, quote, think of what we could do with that money, unquote. They only look at the wealth and not at the contribution to the economy and society. You can look at Henry Ford and say, yes, another rich bastard. How many jobs did he create? Inventing the assembly line. The difference is jobs compared to just entitlements for existing. Okay, my friends, I'm taking a quick break here. Um, when I come back, I'm gonna talk about the mystery surrounding the goings-on down in Antarctica these days. Why are the power players around the globe visiting there? And have been quite often recently over the past few years and especially recently. What is obvious is we're not hearing anything resembling disclosure to all of us who live on this planet. Very hush-hush, hush-hush. Vladimir Putin himself is going or has already gone uh, within this month of January 2017. Hmm. Also, they just passed an apparent international law making it illegal for anyone to visit Antarctica without special granted permission. So, what's going on down there? When I come back, I'm going to give you a historical perspective that will, by the end of the show, provide some very revealing clues. This is Everly, Connecting the Dots, and this is Renegade Talk Radio. I'll be right back. I was in chronic pain, and my family struggling to make ends meet, food and gas prices going up, even keeping my job was iffy. Then I learned about a new miracle drug made in Washington, D.C. Spend it all. Spend it all is Washington's answer to all the painful problems Americans face. How to borrow $800 billion for a stimulus that didn't create jobs or fix the economy? Spend it all. 
Spenditol is not for everyone. Side effects may include a mountain of government debt piled on our kids, a sudden loss of freedoms, higher prices for everything, leaving our kids a lesser America than we had. Ask your doctor or congressman if your conscience is strong enough for Spenditol. And it's so popular in Washington, we have to borrow, I mean import, trillions more of it from China. Spenditol makes you feel better now and pushes off the really bad stuff till later for them to deal with. Call the White House and Congress. Tell them, stop spending it all. More smoking content than a Jamaican spliff. You're listening to Blunt Talk on Renegade Talk Radio. historical perspective on the elusive and mysterious continent of Antarctica. And I'm going to talk about the years leading up to World War II with the rise of Nazi power in Germany. Leading up to World War II, the Nazi party's major interest was in the advancement of technology through the search for relics from antiquity, which was the premise of, for example, Raiders of the Lost Ark, you know, the famous Spielberg film from the 1980s. They used ancient historical records they cons- and relics that they conscripted from countries around the world, utilized occult and esoteric practices, and so forth. And during World War II, they had military convoys going back and forth down to uh, uh, busily visiting Antarctica uh, with supplies in order to build a secret base of operations outside of the world's purview or knowledge. They knew ancient history, uh, the ancient histories that were no longer known to humanity in general, and the ancient advanced technologies from civilizations long gone, as well, apparently, as technologies from off-world civilizations. This was their strategy for world dominance. Shortly after World War II and the defeat of Germany, through U.S. intelligence services, Operation Paperclip was spawned, granting safe passage for relocation to America. Uh, more than 1,500 German scientists, engineers, and skilled technicians for immediate employment post-war. Despite the fact of Germany destroying lots of evidence, the U.S. government learned of Germany's advances militarily and the ET assistance that enabled them. So the program was developed to jointly gain an unsurpassable military advantage while jumpstarting a fledgling aerospace program, as well as deny Germany, the Soviet Union, and the rest of the world of the German brain power. To Washington's consternation, however, thousands of scientists, engineers, and Third Reich military and political leaders were never accounted for. Neither were scores of German submarines. Inside sources suspected many had escaped to the German underground base in Antarctica. To seek and destroy perhaps the enemy's final refuge, Admiral Richard Byrd was the natural selection to lead the military expedition called Operation High Jump, billed as a reconnaissance mission to establish the research base Little America 4. The operation hit the high seas in December 1946, when the encountering press, Byrd tended to be uh, more truthful than his government preferred, and just prior to embarking, 
He openly stated that High Jump was a military expedition to look for some bases. By January 1947, Byrd's Navy Task Force 68 fleet consisted of 4,700 Navy and Marine personnel, 13 warships including an aircraft carrier, a battleship, and a destroyer, and 33 aircraft had reached their icy destination and set up their base camp from which to locate and take out the secret Nazi base. Never before has such a vast operation been deployed to the southernmost continent. During the first few weeks of settling in and engaging in reconnaissance and surveying, outside of some close calls under extreme harsh climate conditions, everything seemed to be progressing as scheduled. While on two reconnaissance occasions, the flight navigation and radio equipment on Bird's aircraft failed while flying over plush green valley, lakes, and rivers free of ice in 70-degree Fahrenheit temperatures. How very unusual. <laughs> Calm, clear skies, warm weather, and everything failed. Navigation and radio equipment fails. Wow. This strange anomaly has fueled speculation over the hollow earth theory. Uh, after nearly two months on assignment, suddenly, out of nowhere, the Naval Task Force was attacked by combat power and conditions never before witnessed on a battlefront. Seemingly springing out of nowhere, from the water emerged a number of saucer-shaped craft that exerted a force-field shield that appeared to be controlled by anti-gravity UFOs. In the mayhem, three U.S. ships were sunk, including the destroyer. The six-month operation was forced to abruptly abandon its mission. This was alien technology in action. As the defeated task force began its return to the U.S., Admiral Byrd's initial press report from Chile explained that his mission had to be aborted due to taking in too many casualties. The Chilean newspaper El Mercurio ran a March 5, 1947 article stating, Admiral Byrd declared today that it was imperative for the United States to initiate immediate defense measures against hostile regions. The Admiral further stated that he didn't want to frighten anyone unduly, but that it was a bitter reality that in case of a new war, the continental United States would be attacked by flying objects which could fly from pole to pole at incredible speeds. Admiral Byrd repeated the above points of view resulting from his personal knowledge gathered at both the North and South Poles before a news conference held for International News Service. Byrd later testified before Congress where the Admiral reiterated his alarming warning. In case of a new war, the U.S. would be attacked by fighters that are able to fly from one pole to the other with incredible speed. Exactly what he meant is open to question. But what's clear is the advanced aeronautic technology his task force encountered makes space travel very conceivable, suggesting that he was either attacked by an alien force or an advanced German air superiority aided by ETs. Definitely there can be no doubt that the German military in Antarctica had acquired advanced space age technologies from an alien civilization or a hostile ET force existed under the ice or a joint combination of both violently repelled the mighty American naval fleet. Byrd's enigmatic assertion leaves open the possibility that his opponent 
could navigate from pole to pole through a hollow earth passageway, surmising that World War III would likely be eventually fought at the poles. With the breakup of the Soviet Union in 1991, the KGB released records confirming that High Jump's actual mission was intended to capture and destroy that hidden underground German military base. Perhaps the most accurate and detailed account of Nazi contact and connection to alien civilization or civilizations and advanced space technology is featured in the 44-minute 2006 Russian documentary called Third Reich, Operation UFO. And Renegade Nation, I'll provide the link to that documentary just so that I think you should watch it. Coincidentally, in July that same year, the UFO crash in Roswell, New Mexico, was also quickly covered up, like Bird's violently close encounter with ET technology at the South Pole. Roswell allowed reverse engineering to aid the black ops programs to begin developing their own anti-gravity spacecraft. I just didn't know that that happened in the same year. That's really kind of interesting detail. The evidence of Germany's technological advancements was a probable UFO crash in Germany's Bavaria back in the summer of 1936, before World War II. So they started reverse engineering way back then. This was the probable cause probable cause, I can't talk anymore, which helped give the Nazis a full decade head start ahead of everyone else. I just want to go a little bit further with this. You know, this article that I've put the link to is really long, but I'm just giving you some really specific points here that's included in this article. And I go on with it by saying this. After the failure of Operation High Jump in 1947, Admiral Byrd is reported to have reached the South Polar opening during a January 1956 flight, perhaps having contacted the advanced hollow earth race already on previous journeys to the poles, or minimally seen for himself that warm green areas with ice-free lakes exist near and beyond the South Pole, and first-hand witness UFO battle capability at the outset of his final trip to Antarctica in November 1955, Admiral Byrd stated, quote, This is the most important expedition in the history of the world. Now that's a pretty big statement. We can infer that he's drawing on his already amazing experiences flying over the poles and most probably beyond. On February 5th, 1956, several weeks after his highly anticipated journey, Byrd announced on the radio to American media back home, quote, On January 13th, members of the United States expedition accomplished a flight of 2,700 miles from the base at McMurdo Sound, in Antarctica, by the way, which is 400 miles west of the South Pole, and penetrated a land extent of 2,300 miles beyond the pole. If he actually traveled another 2,300 miles beyond the South Pole and not flown into the hollow rim opening, but kept flying in a straight course over Antarctica, Bird and his crew would have nearly reached the middle of the Atlantic Ocean near the equator. And we know that didn't happen. So, the most logical conclusion is the 2,300 miles beyond the South Pole must have taken his plane into the Earth's interior. 
On March 13th, the day he returned to America from his final polar expedition, less than a year before his death, the great explorer referred to Antarctica as, quote, the enchanted continent in the sky, land of everlasting mystery, unquote. Then Byrd's final diary entry is dated December 30th, 1956, quote, the last few years elapsed since 1947 have not been kind. I now make my final entry in this singular diary. In closing, I must state that I have faithfully kept this matter secret as directed all these years. It has been completely against my values of moral right. Now I seem to sense the long night coming on, and this secret will not die with me, but as all truth shall, it will triumph, and so it shall. This can be the only hope for mankind. I have seen the truth, and it has quickened my spirit and has set me free. I've done my duty toward the monstrous military-industrial complex. Now the long night begins to approach, but there shall be no end. Just as the long night of the Arctic ends, the brilliant sunshine of truth shall come again, and those who are of darkness shall fall in its light. For I have seen that land beyond the pole, that center of the great unknown." Unquote. That speaks volumes, doesn't it, Renegade Nation? Oh my God. And even though we can only surmise at this juncture, because they have shut the rest of the world out of, of leaving whatever has been discovered to the powers that be, in these recent, you know, visitings by the powers that be down to Antarctica. There have been reports of the discovery, which once again can only be speculated on, of three pyramids and other anomalies in Antarctica pointing to ancient civilizations that once inhabited the Antarctic continent. But could they have found the secret German base, whether abandoned or not, also unknown, or any number of other possibilities? When I come back, I'm going to talk into the demonstration of a technology 16 years ago that the powers that be say does not exist and the visual evidence that verifies it. This is Everly Isby connecting the dots right here on Renegade Talk Radio. I'll be right back. <laughs> More smoking content than a Jamaican spliff. You're listening to Blunt Talk on Renegade Talk Radio. Hello again, Renegade Nation. This is Everly coming back at you. And in the last segment, as I read from the extensive article and the link, I did provide for you that speaks into the mysteries and anomalies present on the continent of Antarctica is clear that the technologies of anti-gravity propulsion systems and more were developed by the Germans during and after World War II. If they had those technologies back then, what technologies have been produced leading up to today? Technology, once understood, advances exponentially more and more rapidly. So I ask you, what are some of those technologies that have been suppressed from the world's populations but utilized by those who run this planet for their own self-interests? And how, if those technologies were released, 
how would this planet be changed? Day before yesterday, um, Renegade Talk Radio had a get-together of all the Renegade's hosts, uh, with the exception of Nadia Nicole, who couldn't make the trip. Uh, but I met Kenzie Vixen for the first time. It was a fun evening. Uh, and at, at one point, I got into a conversation with Kenzie's guy, Sly, and the subject of 9-11 came up. Uh, we had an interesting conversation, but neither of us saw eye to eye on what happened that day. Then yesterday, and this has to be has to be synchronicity at play, big time, I stumbled across a video of the self-same subject matter and the evidence that makes something startlingly clear. And this particular evidence I had actually seen a couple of years ago. Uh, when I first saw it back then, I was stunned and convinced, and then somehow the details of it eluded me when I was talking with Sly the other night, because this specific topic is verboten. Nobody's talking about it, so uh, it just had fallen off my conscious radar. It had slipped my mind. So when I discovered this video uh, yesterday, I watched it and was impacted once again. So I ask you, no, I implore you, my friends, to watch it. The link is provided. It's right around 48 minutes long, and you can also do further searching on Google to find other videos uh, from this self-same scientist on this particular subject by putting in the name Dr. Judy Wood and visiting her websites, among other videos that have been uh, uh, posted from her. Uh, also, talks she gives around the world to people who really want to see this extraordinary evidence that she has brought to the fore. The 15-year anniversary of September 11th, 2001, just passed this last September, and we still have an endless debate going on as to what really happened that day, there's all kinds of theories and beliefs. A couple of years back, as I said, I came across Dr. Judy Wood and her introduction of real evidence that I find to be irrefutable. And I'm not the only one. You can see it with your own eyes in this video. And no one, not even the truther groups, like architects and engineers, uh, scientists and pilots and all that kind of stuff, they're all th that are claiming controlled demolition, uh, low-yield nuclear device technologies, and nanothermite explanations, even they refuse to accept the evidence that Dr. Wood has revealed for reasons that are not entirely clear, although I'm certain we all have our minds going as to why they wouldn't want real evidence brought to the fore. Uh, we go down a long list of possibilities on that one. It seems many of us, including the experts, wish to stay maybe in a state of denial. I don't know. Are they in a state of denial? Or even a desire for the actual truth to not come out. In some sectors, it is not in their best interests if the world actually knows the truth. Any number of things could be at play here regarding solving the various aspects of that day and who is behind that tragedy. It still remains elusive for most of us. A lot of people don't even want to think about it. But for me, I cannot stomach, of course, the official version on any level, especially the prevailing explanation of terrorists with box cutters hijacking commercial airliners uh, as being the explanation for what brought the towers down. I'm sorry. 
that just does not wash. And uh, let me begin uh, by reading a part of Dr. Judy Wood's bio, just a, a small excerpt from it. Uh, Dr. Wood has a PhD degree from Virginia Tech and is a former professor of mechanical engineering. She has research expertise in experimental stress analysis, structural mechanics, deformation analysis, materials characterization, and materials engineering science. Her science, her research, I should say, has involved testing materials, including complex material systems, in the area of photomechanics, or the use of optical and image analysis methods to determine physical properties of materials and measure how materials respond to forces placed upon them. Her area of expertise involves interferometry and forensic science. She taught graduate and undergraduate engineering classes and has authored or co-authored over 60 peer-reviewed papers and journal publications in her areas of expertise. The one thing that Dr. Wood says um, regarding her research into what happened to the Twin Towers is that the evidence is always the truth. And the evidence that is shown in this video is the simple visible evidence right there for all of us to see. She has proven that the prevailing conversations and arguments can all be thrown out the window, that all of it is incorrect. She does not speculate on who is behind it. She lays no blame because who is behind it is someone else's concern, not hers. She felt compelled to find out what happened. The who, the hows, and the whys can only be reached after proving what happened. What was the technology? She's written a book that I'm definitely gonna be purchasing myself. It's called, Where Did the Towers Go? What is self-evident in this 48-minute video should get everyone with eyes to see that there was something else at play that day. And because we've never seen it before, and we're being told what we were seeing as opposed to what was actually happening, we didn't recognize what really happened to the World Trade Center. Because, you know, all of the buildings were obliterated, not just the Twin Towers. When you watch this video, I believe you will be utterly stunned. 9-11 was the demonstration of highly classified technology, free energy technology, also referred to as zero-point energy technology. The towers did not collapse. Controlled demolition didn't bring them down. No. The towers were all turned to dust before they hit the ground. Not a theory, not speculation, but meticulous, an irrefutable truth. As you watch this video, you can see with your own eyes what she reveals. You don't have to be a scientist or have a degree in anything to understand what is presented here. You just have to look. I would play parts of this video in this segment, but I've come to the conclusion that the visual aspects are what is the most impactful. This is radio, and I certainly can't show you the visual, so I provided the link so that you can watch it. I hope you do. It stunned me and it got my mind to chewing. Oh my God, the implications. I'm going to close the show now in hopes that you will do just that. But I do want to say that the most important aspect regarding the demonstration of this technology on 9-11 that the powers that be claim is not workable or possible at our current understanding in the sciences 
is that they clearly have not been telling us the truth of where humanity truly is or where we can go once again. Big surprise, right? They're lying to us. Well, now we have the evidence that proves they are lying. And disclosure and transparency is now the call of the day, starting now. This technology, when shared to the world, can be used to clean up our planet from all the destruction that the corporatocracy, the systems and powers that be, have wreaked across this planet, including utilizing this technology for evil purposes, which is what happened on 9-11. But it can be used for much bigger, better things. And it can bring uh, actually an evolutionary leap uh, to the world and bring us a, a promising future with prosperity for all. We can get rid of famine, uh, pollution. Uh, it'll totally change the face and nature of how we live and function here on the planet. In fact, you know, when it comes to free energy, the zero point energy, you know, uh, over 100 years ago, uh, Nikolai Tesla apparently discovered this free energy technology. And I believe he purposefully chose not to release it because he knew that if it got in the wrong hands, as it did on 9-11, it could be very dangerous for this world. So he didn't release it or he was forced not to. I'm not sure which. It's all, it's all still speculation in a lot of ways, at least for someone like you and me. Anyway, uh, as I'm closing, this is Everly Isby. Connecting the dots right here on Renegade Talk Radio, and I'll be back very soon, most probably after the inauguration. Everything else going on right now is more of the same old politics as usual. And as I said at the top of the show, just like the election itself, I cannot wait for the changeover and the end of the last eight years. It was, for me, very depressing and a frustrating time. I have a feeling 2016's insanity was just the prelude to ever more shifts and changes to come. A lot of things are afoot, including the mystery of the continent of Antarctica. I'm wondering what is going to unfold there? Big question. All I can say is, Renegade Nation, fasten your seatbelts. Keep more of a bird's eye perspective so that you can remain as balanced as you possibly can. The more of us that do that, the more who are available to calm down those who don't have a clue. Well, in these times, that will be a very valuable asset to have for yourself and your surrounding community, your family, friends, and neighbors. As always, Renegade Nation, thanks for listening. And I'll be back with you soon. Bye-bye.